0: After the election is over, we can still guarantee these results. Can't guarantee what's going to happen Tuesday in earthly politics. But after the election is over, we can still guarantee these results. And it's a top ten list. I don't, like I said, I don't know who posted it. But number one, God will still be on his throne. Amen. Number two, Jesus will still be the King of kings and Lord of lords. Number three, the Bible, the Bible will still have all the answers to life's problems. Number four, the tomb will still be empty. Number five, Jesus will still be the only way to heaven. Number six, Prayer will still work. It will still make a difference, and God will still answer prayers. Number seven, the cross, not the government, will still be our salvation. Number eight, there will still be room at the cross. Number nine, Jesus will still save anyone who places their faith and trust in him. And number 10, God will still be with us always. He will never leave us or forsake us. So I was going to say Tuesday it was November the 6th, but everybody said it was election day. So thought I thought I'd throw that in there. So whoever posted that, I thank them. Just sort of puts things back in perspective. So today, as you know, I'll use the uh, you know title messages, and then Alan typically uh, would ask me what it is. But he'll be—he's he, sitting here today, so he uh, he will hear what the title is. Today's message: How's your walk? How's your walk? Or I should could say, How's our walk? Because. <laughs> I tend to preach to myself, you know whatever God's laid on my heart, I turn around and share it with y'all and with those over the internet. I would say I was preaching to the choir, but we don't we don't have a choir at community, so preaching to myself and how's your walk and uh I uh, went up the uh, road from my office, which uh, Sunbelt here locally is at 4075 South Access Road, which is just off 153 near Amnicola Highway, so uh, it was a couple of months ago uh, in the afternoon. I was getting a little thirsty, so I said I'd run up 58 to the MAPCO and get a couple of diet dues for me and Brian, one of my co-workers or whatever, so anyway. Parked at the MAPCO and walked in and uh, turned to the right there at that MAPCO, went over the coolers and got, uh, uh, I think it was three for $3. They had them on sale. So then I was turning around, I was walking back to the counter, and there was a manager lady there that uh, used to manage the MAPCO over by uh, Angie and I's the condo there off of Lee Highway and Vance Road. And I was walking up to the counter, and she goes, I knew that was you when you turned and started walking. I could tell by your walk that was you. Because I stopped every morning when she was managing the other MAFCO, and I'd get my breakfast of champions, Don, a uh, Little Debbie oatmeal pie. <laughs> and I'd get a <laughs> bottle of water and a bottle of Diet Dew, and I'd go to the office, and I'd eat my breakfast. So I'd stop there every... Monday through Friday, when she was managing that, when she was in there in the morning, she said that morning, a couple of months ago, I could tell it was you by the way you were walking. And so, uh, then also, a couple of weeks ago, Brian, the guy that uh, bought one of those diet dues for, is our service manager, and I was left my office up front, and I was going back to his office near the shop to have a little manager, Jerry Khan. Con- Conversation. And uh, before I even got to the doorway of his office, he goes, Yeah, boss, what do you need? So now I turned a corner. He goes, I could tell by your gait or how you were walking. I have a distinctive sound or something. I don't know. <laughs> the way I place my feet on the floor, that it was you coming. So, how's your walk? And in saying that, gate, that gait, that G A I T, Gate, and I cheated and I brought my uh, iPad up here again. Gate, the definition, a person's manner of walking. And then under, underneath that, in parentheses, it says, like the easy gait of an athlete, their manner of walking. And I, that reminded me uh, years ago. <laughs> Uh, Mike Reed, my brother-in-law, my sister that's the sixth child, I'm the seventh, He's pastors up at uh, Fredericksburg at Temple Baptist Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, but we were at some get-together, probably a family get-together or something, and so the other brothers and sisters there, and he just made the comment to myself and my brother Dan, who lives up on Signa Mountain here in town, uh, you guys just walk like an athlete. I didn't really know what he meant by that, but he just said the way you guys walk, you just look like an athlete or something. So anyway, a person's gait, their manner of walking. And then underneath that, it says there's normal, uh, normal gaits and there's gait abnormalities. And it lists a bunch of abnormalities like uh, hemoplegic, spastic, diplegic. Neuropathic, and all these other ones, parkinsonian, uh, and other other abnormal gates, which are caused by obviously various diseases or uh, physical ailments. So there's normal gates, and there's abnormal gates, in reference to a person's physical walking. So let's go back uh, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 9, and then we'll jump here and there, and uh, we'll also obviously go to other passages. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Who are they proclaiming the gospel to? They just said it earlier in the verse. They're brothers, believers. So That means there's a little more to the gospel than you... Uh, Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and going to heaven when you die. We proclaim to you the gospel of God. Verse 10, you are witnesses and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you, believers, believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you where? Calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Every believer has a calling. And it tells you right there, he's calling us into his own kingdom and his glory. That's our calling. So we talk about physical walking, and then there's a, obviously a spiritual walking. And in that spiritual walking, there's a normal walk for a believer, and then there's an abnormal walk for a believer. Right. So, as I was studying this, just throw out some things. In the whole Bible, in the uh, New American Standard, the term "walk" is used two hundred and ten times. Anyway, I switch it over because I use uh, I have it on the online thing here on Blue Letter Bible. NSB is on one side, and the ESV is on the other. For some reason, the the word term "walk" in the uh, ESV is just used 184 times, so it drops it down a little bit. "Walked" is used 82 times, and "walking" is used 48 times. So it's a pretty common term through the scriptures when it's talked about walk or walked or walking. And it doesn't just apply to the New Testament or First Thessalonians or the epistles of John. You go back to uh, the Old Testament in Genesis. 17.1. You don't have to turn to all these, but obviously I have the benefit. And I know Don uses an iPad, so he could zip to them pretty quick. Genesis 17, 1. Now when Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. You can jump to Exodus 16:4. Then the Lord said to Moses, first one was Abram, now he's talking to Moses. Exodus 16, 4, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out. Remember the manna? The people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Remember, they weren't supposed to gather as much as they could carry. <laughs> they were supposed to gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. So he told Abram, walk before me. He told Moses to tell the Israelites that they, he was going to test them to see if they would walk in my instruction. Exodus eighteen twenty. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk. And the work they are to do. Leviticus 11, nah, that one's about insects. <laughs> Here's the adverse to that. Leviticus 18:3 says, you shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt where you live, nor are you to do what is done in the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. Not walk, that would be abnormal walk. Leviticus six three, he says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, and then you go down into verse 12, he said, I will also walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. So that was conditional. If they would walk in his statutes and follow his commandments, then they would receive these blessings. Obviously, the contrary would be true if they were to walk in the ways of those that occupied the land, abnormally walking. Also at work, I know I relate a lot of things to uh, my daily stuff that I go through. Just uh, two weeks, the week before last was safety week at Sunbelt. So we usually have a safety meeting every Wednesday morning at this Chattanooga branch at 630 and we talk about a safety topic. But on Safety Week at Sunbelt, we meet Monday through Friday at 6.30, and we go over different topics, safety-related, to refocus everybody's thing on safety in the workplace, safety at home, being safe. And then at the end of it, we actually uh, have a... On Friday, we go over the thing about, you know, this is Safety Week, and we were focusing on safety this week but let's not forget that safety is just not important during safety week. Safety is a 24-7 thing. Right? 24-7. That's the same thing with a believer and their walk. Our walk is a 24-7 thing. Right? We all know the people who say, uh, you know, well... uh, so-and-so, you know, uh, you know it was Sunday morning, or you talk about he's putting on your Sunday best or whatever, but you should see that dude at work Monday through Friday. You know what I mean? Not the same, same guy. Right? Not to, now, the Calvinists would say, well, then he's never really, really, truly got saved. But we know, just from Mark's lesson last week, we were talking about believers are capable of doing some of the most heinous things that anybody else could do. Right? But our walk is supposed to be, should be, a 24-7 thing. Now, this is how I act when I go to church and I don't say certain things at church and da-da-da-da-da at church or hey, you're in church, so, you know what I mean? Don't tell that joke at church. Well, if you shouldn't tell it at church, you probably shouldn't tell it Monday through Saturday. Right? Our walk should be a 24-7 thing. Turn to Genesis chapter 5, and I will use Genesis chapter 5. And I'm not being, you know, my mom had, we had clothes when I was growing up. Those were your, your church clothes, right? And you didn't wear them out in the yard to play in. Uh, and Angie knows I've always tried to, you know, sort of about, you know, let's not call the kids this clothes their church clothes because, I mean, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like those clothes are like sanctified or something. And But, uh, you know, it, anyway, you know, got people that, they, you know, those are your church clothes, so don't wear them in you know, the yard, or this, you know, we're going to church, so you better not act that way at church, you know, well. Uh, anyway, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Enoch. We all know who Enoch is. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. And I won't say anything about like Jack's as old as Methuselah or or something like that. But anyway, verse 22. Then Enoch walked with God. There's another phrase you see often in Scripture. Walking in the light. Right, Walk in the day, walk by faith, not by sight. The epistles of John, they were glad, he was glad to hear that some of the children were walking in the truth. Right, But Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters, So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And in typology, you know, Enoch's the type of the church because he walked with God, and then he was taken out before the great tribulation of the flood, right? But he had that testimony. He walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch. It's a 24 7 thing. Deuteronomy 6 7. And I know we're jumping around a little bit. We'll get back to First Thessalonians. If you bear with me. He's talking to the Israelites here. Deuteronomy 6, 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them. As a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So doesn't verse seven sound like it's a twenty four seven thing? Deuteronomy eleven nineteen just uses the term walking. It's basically the same thing, but he uses the term walking instead of walk. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. You shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. Second, reference saying the same thing. It's a 24-7 thing. It's a 24-7 thing. Psalm 119. Charge. Charge. Psalm 119, 1 through 3. Most of you know I just use Facebook for uh, posting some scripture in the morning and then wishing people happy birthday. That's my Facebook usage, so. Yes, I do. Well, uh, I just went through all the Psalms there, so Psalm 119, 1 through 3. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. If you walk in his ways, you will be blessed. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through some suffering and some trials. But if you walk in his ways, you will be blessed. If your way is blameless, because you're walking in his ways. Psalm 119, one through 3. Back to 1 Thessalonians. So, see, it's in the Old Testament. It's in there all the way through. Enoch, a type of the church, had that testimony that he walked with God. I'll try to do this, maybe go on a few rabbit trails, but you'll feel better with me. 1 Thessalonians, starting chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Knowing, brethren beloved by God, His choice of you, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything." For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, that is, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered... There that is again. And been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel... So we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speeches, you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor do we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ we might have asserted our authority. But we prove to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers, here's our verses from earlier, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and employing each one of you as a father with his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men or Jeff Smith, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. And that believe, what tense do you think that believe is in? Jerry just said, and you that believe, present tense, keep on believing. So it's not talking about, remember we're talking to believers here, or brothers and sisters in Christ. <clears throat> Verse 14, For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, For you also endured the same sufferings. There that is again. Sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved, with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins measure of their sins. And, but wrath has come upon them to the utmost. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short while, in person, not in spirit, were all the more eager with great desire to see your face. For we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. For who is our hope or joy or crown of exultation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you to your faith, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. And Brother Allen brought out the Wesco family. Wesco, that was their name, right? Be stirred by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. Remember? Shouldn't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that comes upon you, James said, Right? They just said right here that you were destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. Remember, as believers, as the church, just like Enoch in the type was taken out before the great tribulation of the flood, we will also be raptured out before the tribulation. But it, there's no promise that I've ever read in scripture saying that we'll be taken out before things get pretty nasty. For all believers. Unless like brother Allen said, we have it pretty good here in the United States. You don't right now we do. <laughs> okay? That mean it's always going to be that way. Verse 5. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we also long to see you, For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. And that's conditional also. So if you go to verse 8, For now we live if you're standing fast, you'll find out that... uh, Live in that verse is a, a form of uh, Zoe, you know, life, Zoe life, and the stand firm is once again present tense. If you keep on standing firm, then we will, and we we and that is obviously is a is a uh, first person plural, and it's present tense. We will keep on living, if you stand on, keep on standing firm, if you keep on standing firm in the Lord. Verse 9, for what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account, as we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all the people just as we also do for you so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally then, brothers... We're in chapter 4. We request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk. And please, God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more and more, which that is in present tense. You keep on doing that. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God. Do you hear that statement? This is the will of God, your sanctification. You know, I, I moved from Indiana and went to Tennessee Temple and went through that period of the uh, independent fundamental movement uh, where it was like the will of God was like a Dot on the map there, and you had to spend hours in prayer uh, what the will of the Lord is about whether you, what color of pants you were going to put on or that day or whatever. And I'm not making fun of it, I mean, Dr. Roberts is a great man, uh, but I mean, some of them took it to the uh, extreme, uh, and like there was like one person in the whole world. That you were supposed to marry, and if you married the wrong one, then the rest of your life you are out of the will of God. Just that plain and simple. But anyway, the will of God is right here in this book. You know, so just read this book. Be in this book. But right there, he said, For this is the will of God, your sanctification... That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Mark's message from last week, remember? That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification, to be set apart. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more, just like the previous verse. That's present tense. Keep on doing it. Keep on loving the brethren. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus." For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So if the rest of the Wesco family is still living at the time of the rapture, they're not going to precede Brother Wesco. Chapter 5, now to the times in the Ephesus, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. So you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as also you are doing. But we, but we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you. And have charge over you, in the Lord, and give you instruction. And I'll pause right there to say that Brother Allen diligently labors among us, and he's done it so for twelve years. And that's why there's food here today. Because we're uh... I I slid that in there, so. So we pass, appreciate Brother Allen and Janet, and this is the 12th year anniversary of him being pastor of Community Baptist Church, and that's why we brought food here today. And that's why Diane left in the middle of the message, because uh, she went to get the fried chicken, <laughs> not because I said something that it made her mad. So, But he has diligently labored among us for 12 years, and I do appreciate him. Verse 13, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work, live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you to Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body since we should be trichotomist and not dichotomist, May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I'm not kissing you, Jack, but I'll hug you, but I won't kiss you. I adjure you, verse 27, I adjure you by the Lord to have this letter read to all the brethren, and I just did. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So how's your walk? Are you walking normally as a believer? Or are you walking abnormally as a believer because of sin? that you've allowed to come into your life and the great deceiver. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for Pastor Allen and Janet and the 12 years of service here. We pray that you'd uh, continue to bless them. We pray that you'd remove the cancer from his body. We thank you for your word and the ability to freely speak it And we pray that each one of us would have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that we would walk in a manner worthy of our calling. For We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.